Welcome to Keep Glowing Podcast. I'm your host, Larissa Petrini. I'm a leading age reversal expert specialized in science-based programs made to measure from your DNA. This show is for high-achieving women who want to turn back the clock and get irresistible in their 40s, without surgery or exhausting beauty regimens. Each week, I'm going to share with you cutting-edge solutions for your health and vitality so that you can get back in shape, overcome chronic fatigue, solve dry and sagging skin, and deal with moods and hormonal imbalances. I am always looking to answer this question. What are those best-kept secrets that make us look and feel a million bucks at any age? Get ready to upgrade your entire health, experience a high level of energy and undeniable confidence and magnetism. Shall we glow? Welcome back, friends. This is Keep Blowing Podcast. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Edita Atek. Edita is a breakthrough strategist and she helps female entrepreneurs around the world claim their inner power by guiding them to optimize their mindset, rewire their inner programming at the level of their nervous system, effectively work with stress, deepen their resilience, and ultimately help them create an identity that matches the outcome they want. Hello and welcome to the show, Edita. Thank you so much, Larissa. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so happy to, to have you around, especially during these times when our emotions are all over the place and uh, it's so difficult for us to cope with so many hats we are wearing uh, as entrepreneurs. We need to focus on the business, on our family. We need to juggle in between lots of roles. And um, I would start by asking you, uh, what can we do as entrepreneurs so that we will stay calm or we would be able to, I like to, to say, navigate the chaos around us? Yeah, that's an incredible question. And it's so valid and it's so important. And I would start first with really emphasizing or, or gaining a little bit of background before I dive into any specific uh, strategy or, or tool is for everyone, everyone who is listening to this, I really want them to open up to an understanding. Everything inside of us is connected. You know, there's no such a thing that there is only an emotional state or we have something happening in the physical body or there's a thought. Everything inside of us is interconnected. And our emotions, I would, the best way I would just uh, phrase them in a very simple sentence or a very, very simple word, they are simply information. And when we receive information, everything inside of us is listening. So our mind is listening to the information that the emotion brings. And then in turn, it will impact how we feel after that. Our body is listening. Every single cell in our body is listening. So in order for us to change, shift our emotional state, we really need to start with the appreciation how everything is interconnected. We can't just decide, well, I am feeling sad right now, so I want to feel happy and calm right now. Um, we really need to process the, the information that we are receiving and really understand, is this something momentary that we need to um, really allow ourselves to go through because we just heard some, uh, you know, let's say in the case of sadness, I just mentioned that. Let's say we just received some, um, some challenging news, you know, about somebody in our mm -hmm. family or something in the, in, the, in the business happened. We need to process that information. We need to release that um, energy from our body. But if it would be something that is recurring in our head and we keep repeating something over and over again, then that's a different kind of information where we may have got, gotten stuck in a loop. And, you know, once we feel certain way, then we start thinking certain way. And once we start thinking certain way, we will start feeling in a certain way. And you can so easily get stuck in this, in this kind of a circle that we cannot step out of. Um, so I would say the first thing, really appreciate everything inside of you is interconnected. The second, remember that you can always be the observer. You are not the emotion. You are the one who can that. observe that, right? And when we mm -hmm. step into that awareness, everything shifts and really become very much attuned to the thoughts that are going through your head, especially the aware ones, because those are the only ones we can be aware of. Be really noticing where the emotion is happening in the body 
an emotion will always have a physiological expression and just stay with that watch it i mean i could go deeper into other additional tools but i think the simplest ones for anybody from wherever they are as a starting point just simply noticing naming that emotion noticing where it is in the body noticing what the thoughts are and just staying with that and watching it and remembering that they you i we all have the power to shift that to to um to rephrase to 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 change the amount of information but first we need to receive it observe it let it go and then we can replace it i love that um, and it's something that uh, i uh, learned to do in the last two three years i used to run away from my especially from the negative emotions of course the positive ones are nice and we want to sit with them but when uh, when i uh, experienced negative emotions whether it was sadness or fear i immediately felt the need to shift that emotion and instead of living with it and labeling the emotion and um, truly understanding it because this is in fact what we need to do and uh, another thing that i and uh, i also want to move to the next question how important is for us to understand how to investigate our thoughts because every single emotion has a thought attached right so is there any type of tool or process you can recommend the audience to do or to apply to implement while questioning their thoughts so that they will understand why that specific emotion is there sure so first i would like to uh, differentiate between two types of emotions some that are are our body's natural response to whatever happens in our environment and we want to have those and that's why i personally do not like to differentiate between good or bad i don't like the dichotomy because it moves us away from the whole idea that they are information so when something happens when someone crosses our boundaries we need to feel a healthy amount of anger to me that is non negative to me that is absolutely necessary so we step into our inner power so we have our level of confidence on the other hand and that's why i think this big distinction needs to happen for many people the same thing with fear we must feel fear it's our instinctual power when we are in a dangerous situation but then we will be fearful all over and over again where when we are thinking of of a, of a thought that is making us fearful when the situation is not real um and in those cases i think the easiest one that i can recommend to people and it's not a sexy one uh because everybody likes to have a quick approach like you know let of me course. take just take this pill and it will be all done <laughs> exactly. it's a thought journal just sit down in that moment and keep that little book that little notepad with you carry it with you everywhere and write it down and you know some emotions um as i said they are not necessarily attached to a thought they are they are attached to our instinctual response to a situation just simply because we are mammals we are wired in certain ways and there will be instinctual fear and anger that we need to process i also believe we need to process sadness when there is a loss we can't just move away from it and talk ourselves out of it but if sadness is a pattern because at the end of the day we are all a set of patterns that we have kept repeating over and over again so when it comes to thought related feelings um you know the easiest um tool will be to write those thoughts down and notice when you like let's say go through three or four days of your of your notes are there some being repeated is worry written down every single day every hour or however often you decide to to journal your thoughts is sadness showing up is a feeling and this is again a more complex topic because many emotions as we are calling them today or naming them today are really perceptions you know when people tell me i am feeling disrespected is that really an emotion is that really perception mm-hmm. right it's perception i am not enough somebody is thinking of me that i am not good enough so we there's such a blur between these other human emotions that are not related to the response to an immediate situation that is in our environment and that's why the the first most important way and i cannot emphasize it enough although as as not a fancy and sexy the tool looks is to keep that journal and keep looking where is a pattern am i feeling resentful 
on a repeated basis. And we don't like to often admit those because these feelings can sometimes even relate to our loved ones, to our partners, to our mm -hmm. parents, to whoever. But unless we really be honest, become honest with ourselves and write them down, and then we can start asking, well, what is the thought behind that? What if these thoughts are against ourselves somehow? We are upset with ourselves. This is my case. I'm going to be very honest here. Yeah, so sure. I'm journaling every single day. I write my morning pages. Uh, this is uh, uh, Julia Cameron's tools. So every single morning I uh, wake up, open my uh, notebook and start writing. And uh, it's the same thing that you just share. So I start with the way I feel and I choose a word. And then I journal around that word or around that emotion, in fact, because it's, it's an emotion. And oftentimes I'm upset with myself. <laughs> so I don't go against anyone else. I oftentimes go against myself. And it's yeah. indeed a repeated pattern. So yeah. is there anything I should learn out of that? So remember that what you are aware of on your own, what all of us are aware of on our own, are only our conscious thoughts. Mm -hmm. There is a massive layer beneath that. You know, scientists often say we are aware of like 5% of our thoughts that are conscious. 95% is, is unconscious. So these unconscious patterns are beneath the level of our awareness. And it's very difficult to get to them on our own. And these are programs that were placed in from the time we were born. And, you know, one of the things that I realized, and now it's confirmed by science, um, one thing that I was absolutely fascinated by when it came to unconscious thoughts, it was from a story of a friend of mine who happens to be a healthcare professional and he adopted a child. Um, and that child was adopted like a few months old. Um, anyways, and because he knows so much about, you know, energy medicine and osteopathic approaches and all kinds, of, he took him to one of his professors from university. And that man, he was an astute, um, you know, medical professional. He said, this child knew he was not wanted from the time like he was in his mother's belly. And I think, what? <laughs> and now science is proving that our subconscious programming starts from the third trimester when we are in our mother's womb. It's no longer like 15 years ago, it was something like, wow, this, this seems like it's much more than we just thought because we always you know, thought that subconscious programming starts from the time of birth, you know, around the age of eight or nine or 10 or whatever it can, you know, that's when the program just loads in. We have no filters whatsoever. But now imagine it starts even earlier than that. So this massive amount of subconscious programming is happening beneath the lever of our conscious thoughts. And it's very difficult for us to get there on our own. So it's very possible for you or for anyone else. And, you know, everyone has some sort of a pattern that is not necessarily empowering, right? And it's for us to really dig deep enough. And anger is really... Um, when it's directed towards ourselves, it can be quite destructive internally, and sometimes it can even lead to depression. Um, so in those cases, I really suggest to work with somebody who can help people to guide them through the process, how to access, access subconscious programming, or maybe even sit deeper with those conscious thoughts about, you know, what may be beneath that, what may be beneath that. But ideally, you want to work, or the listeners would want to work with somebody else, because the power of human healing and progress and transformation is really to me <laughs> and i stand by it happens in the place of a deeply trusting relationship and when we have a partner in that who can guide us deeper and this can happen through deep visualization self-hypnotic practices when we go beneath the layer of conscious thoughts and maybe even access some of the patterns that happen really really early on in life that's when you can start dismantling them because we acquire these limiting beliefs with such ease because literally when we are little when let's say our parents even lovingly will repeat to us you know don't do this don't do that whatever and as a child we pick up a, you know a, a belief well i'm not good enough unless i comply hmm. right and or it can be myriad of other things and that becomes a deeply seated program and sometimes that's why in life in business in relationships we self-sabotage because we hmm. have this deep layer of inner programming in ourselves so we can self-sabotage our business and ourselves oh if we God. have this if we yes. have this i'm not good enough because this is my case um i oftentimes set very high standards for myself and then if i don't reach those goals or standards or the things are not as perfect as i would love to be 
then I start <laughs> that inner dialogue or whether it's on the paper or inside my head. Um, and it's very painful. It's very painful. And um, at some point I, I thought about the same thing that maybe I need to work with someone else. It's not enough to journal. It's not enough to do tapping. It's not enough to try different uh, strategies or tools because I, will, I would just scratch the surface instead of really digging deep and see what's going on there. You know, there is this famous saying, we cannot see the frame or how, what is it called? Well, basically it's one of those, like, you know, you cannot see the forest for the trees because mm -hmm. we are too close to our own stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, we try to deal with our own stuff. Well, it's the pattern that who we are. And that's mm -hmm. why I so much believe that we need somebody, even sometimes our conscious thoughts, we are so used to them and we think it's the truth. Unless somebody said, what did, what did you just say just right there? You know, just stop for a moment and then you pick up, oh my gosh, yeah, you were so right. But we just keep repeating the same thing in our head. And, and so we create this lens through, we, uh, through which we see the world. And I can tell you that I myself, I don't believe this inner work ever gets done. No matter how old we get or how young we get in whatever sense of the language you want to perceive um, aging, it's something that we need to commit to and we still keep unlayering and removing old patterns that we were not aware of. And I see that even in people when I talk to them in their 50s, in their 60s, it doesn't matter how old they are. If they have not removed something that they had from very early, early on, it stays with them for the rest of their life. You, um, you have a very interesting uh, guide and it's free for everyone. And what I loved about that guide is the fact that you've educated uh, your uh, readers and your fans about the biggest mistake we as people make when we start uh, on the path of personal transformation. And uh, the first one has to do with the fact that we are approaching this personal transformation journey as an intellectual exercise. Can you give us a few more details sure. about that? Sure. So this whole idea that our culture has glorified intellect started some time ago. And, you know, I am, I am a direct proof of that. I thought, you know, the more academic training I get, the smarter I will be. Only little did I realize the farther I was getting from the truth because our intellect is such a small portion of what we are capable of. But unless the intellect is perceived in, perceived in the co context of our wholeness, like our emotions are carrying a massive amount of wisdom and information. Um, our body carries a massive amount of information. Our subconscious mind is not just like we know we talk about brain how we are rewiring everything when it comes to rewiring we need to rewire our entire nervous system our entire body our subconscious lies in our body and uh you know there are things that we do subconsciously we don't even need to think about them anymore so i think the and even for my clients i can tell you one thing the more academically educated they are the more intellectual they are the more they suffer just because we have gone through this process, you know, if you need to be smart, you need to go to all of these best high schools and best universities and whatever else, because you are, that's when you're going to accomplish something. And that's what I see women and men, no matter how high positions they have academically, no matter how many PhDs they have received, unless they really bring everything together, unless they start removing all these layers of old programming, they're going to be stuck in the prison of the intellect, which can be incredibly creative you know incredibly analytic but it's it's a, if we use only that we get stuck in a prison of our intellect and when intellect goes you know into a very vicious cycle it can also create many destructive things outwards and also inwards um, and that's what i really believe that especially for people who are really so attached to their intellect and they assume they are they thinking they pride themselves by that open up to the pride of having this incredible wisdom these thousands and thousands of years of evolution built into your body you know there is even a psychiatrist uh, from australia whose name i cannot remember right now but he even said one of the statements that i remember from one of his lectures uh, that I just happened to come across on the internet one day. He said, brain is the last organ that came on the, on the, you know, on the, um, on the scale of the evolution over you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of years. Yet we have come to glorify that part 
the organ. But I mean, when you look at it, I mean, all of the body, the amount of wisdom that it carries is, is incredible. So I invite everyone who is listening, who really wants to empower themselves, who really wants to create this whole anti-aging, or I don't even like the word anti-aging, I would say graceful, <laughs> graceful aging, right? Like we yeah, really yeah. want to be in a place we need to connect to all of that. And what we often do in today's world, we, we think any external applications, anything that is coming like a quick fix is going to solve the problem. But unless we give ourselves constantly information that is soothing, that is empowering, um, that is healing, um, we are going to be very smart and very dysfunctional if we rely only on the intellect. And that's what I believe in this absolute complex um, integrity of a human being, of, of one whole that cannot be separated. And it also comes to entrepreneurship. I always say, become a powerful human first so you can become a powerful entrepreneur. And for me, entrepreneurship, and I'm already stepping a little bit further with the topic just because I feel the fire coming up inside of me, you know, to me, entrepreneurship is a deep calling for also becoming a change agent in the world and making the world a better place. And that's what I think we need. We need more whole humans to become stronger entrepreneurs and become more powerful agents for change in the world. It's also an opportunity from my perspective uh, to, um, for per personal de development. There are so many patterns that come at the surface. This is what it's happening in my case and i'm sure lots of entrepreneurs are dealing with the same thing and um, my next question has to do with uh, exactly this word how can we observe identify and how can we ultimately deal and solve certain patterns that are there and they are on repeat sometimes yeah. every day yeah for sure so if you want to just conceive of one thing, so let's say that what we're talking about is beliefs and emotions as they are going into a loop, and that might be one pattern that you are probably referring to. Remember that when you look at it in a very simplistic term, it basically there are a bunch of cells that are connected together that created like a little communication. They're they chatting together all the time. So there are a bunch of cells connected together that have really created strong patterns. It's kind of like, uh, they created like a miniature um, railway uh, system that, and, and it's so enforced and you can't really go outside of that. And our job is now to take those cells apart and break down those, um, those, those railways or those roads that have been built. So really you're talking about a bunch of cells that have been connected together sometimes for 20, 30, 40 years or more, and we want to take them apart. So I want to first appreciate, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take repetition it's really going to take for everyone who is open to doing this, opening to receiving that possibility that will be coming and remembering that it will take a daily repetitious process. You know, um, there are some business coaches that you know of as well, train like an athlete when you want to do something. And this is, this is the same thing that happens when we work, we're trying to, uh, you know, change some old, old patterns. We need to become aware of them. We need to get to the level when we understand what is that deep belief? What is the emotional pattern, the loop that is happening? And then daily work on that, on breaking that pattern or pulling those cells apart. Yeah. Can you, can you uh, give us an example of a pattern for, for the, those of us who are not very clear about that? Yeah, sure. Because some so, people, and this is something that I, uh, I think it happened a few days ago, they sometimes uh, say uh, patterns are actually habits. Yes, of course, habits that? are also patterns. There yeah? is no doubt about it. Of course. So it's, and uh, okay. Because remember that a, depending what habit you're talking about, it, there could be a thought habit, there can be an emotion habit, there can be a behavior habit. Mm -hmm. And the behavior habit typically happens as a result of the thought and emotion habit. Mm -hmm. So often try, people try to fix the behavior right? Let's say going to the fridge for the extra cake or whatever, whatever the behavior may be. And it often doesn't last very long, right? So they, you need to come back to that thought and feeling habit to break it down and really realize who you are being in that moment. So very simple example, I just talked to somebody and I will make it very relatable, not even to business. She happens to be an entrepreneur, by the way, but uh, one of the habits that she had, behavioral habits, was starting to build up resentment against her husband for 
some kind of a uh, situation that was happening in the family. And it came to the point where every single time she saw him doing this particular activity that he was involved with, the resentment came up and she was, my, why is he doing it? Has he lost his mind? You know, I'm really not liking it. And eventually started affecting their relationship. So again, coming to an awareness and this person, now I happen to work with her as well, but first it became the aware conscious awareness. And eventually we came down deeper, dug deeper to the deeper belief beneath that, which was her not really feeling adequate enough in the relationship. And here we created like a morning practice and visualization practice, which she does on a repeat every single morning, bringing the awareness to that and imagining those, those connections are breaking apart and really consciously realizing that she does not want to get stuck in that, in that loop. And so what happens over time, and this takes sometimes even three months to, to build. That's why I'm saying that these pattern changes are not simple ones. Um, and again, some of the experts in the industry say anytime between 90 days to 365 days, we sometimes need to repeat these deep visualization practices, uh, or you can call them meditation, where we get our brain below certain level of wave. So when we are talking right now, we're in a beta wave and there are different levels of that. When we go and try to access our subconscious, we need to be at a much lower brain wave where our, um, there's much less activity happening. And that's where we can go when our body is fully relaxed, but our mind is single focused. And when in that state, uh, you start bringing some visualization patterns and some inner dialogue and you start learning how to work with the inner critic Again, it's a skill and you just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it unless those, until those connections get weaker and weaker and weaker. And eventually she will come one day to her husband and she looks at him doing the same activity that would drive her mad, insane before. I mean, in a good way, they have a very good relationship, by the way, but there are small things that sometimes can, can drive you nuts. And now she can look at him and now she does not feel that resentment. Does this happen overnight? Absolutely not. And that's what I'm saying. This is for those, these processes for those who are truly dedicated to believe in themselves and they want to see a new version of themselves. Because when we change this thought and emotional habits, we literally create new cellular um, state uh, where we, I believe we are much healthier because we stop bathing in these um, stress hormones when we're still bathing in the, information because this is another thing you know what happens is often people ask you know emotions and immune system everything is connected your emotions are connected to your immune system your immune system is connected to your nervous system your nervous system is connected to your hormonal system everything is connected together so what these people start seeing and even like i can say you know directly for when i am working with my clients they start actually seeing the overall health improve their confidence goes up because they start releasing these old patterns that are constricting them inside so in this particular case releasing the amount of resentment which is a form of anger and releasing the thoughts of her husband being a certain way when he's doing a certain activity that is perceived he should not be doing that you know and that really drives her nuts eventually she loosened up that connection and she started to become feeling more free which made her more free in her business she had much less constriction and, and frustration even in her business because you know when we are frustrated it carries everywhere else Business is personal in the end. Business right? is personal. So what I'm saying is to break old patterns and to release those connections between the cells, it's a repetition. You are creating a new pattern and you cannot create a new pattern unless you break down the old. So in, I am very big on visualizations, on self-hypnotic therapies, on, on, on deep meditation. And that's what, what I do. Uh, I have myself a personal practice, 75 minutes every single morning. That's what I teach my clients. And now for some of them that I work with, I also prepare um, what I'm calling it, um, individualized recordings that are very specific to them. So it is absolutely possible to change those patterns, but you need to be committed, you need to want to do it, and you need to be willing to look at this situation and say to myself, this, say to yourself, this is not going to happen one week from now, two weeks from now, I may be more free 90 days from now, and I may need to keep repeating this boring thing for maybe next six months. Maybe not, maybe you will be done faster. And then what's the next pattern that shows up? Let me work on that. Because we have so many patterns, Larissa, all of us, like none of us are exempted. 
And to me, this daily discipline is absolutely a must to create this change. Do and we need 100... 75 minutes? No, I like what I do for many of my clients right now, especially those who are busy women CEOs, like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I start with 10 minutes because you need to create the ritual. You know, mm -hmm. when you get to be somebody who has been doing it for so long and who is so dedicated and who is so convinced, like I didn't start with 75 minutes, trust me. It was probably 10 minutes in the beginning at the very best. So one thing that I tell people, start a ritual so you get used to it. And then you start plugging in into that ritual, more and more empowering practices. And you really need to be open up to believing that this is possible and you're willing to receive it. And the change is incredible because you start talking differently, you start feeling differently, you project a different energy and it just changes everything. Um, and you say meditation is uh, part of this uh, ritual, right? Yeah, certain kind, certain kind of meditation for sure. In the beginning, when somebody is very new, they can start with anything, just quieting their mind. Mm -hmm. Like there is such a variety of meditative practices. You know, this would probably take a separate um, podcast altogether. But I, again, come back, understand your nervous system patterns, understand how you respond to agitation, anger, frustration, to fear what happens in your body. How are you able to release that energy? And, you know, this is something that I wrote about in my, in my book. Um, and that's something that can be like a, you know, very simple preliminary um, step of going towards the, this understanding. But ultimately what changes things is the practice. Because you can read as much as you want to. <laughs> you know, I often said to my clients when I saw them in the first, you know, uh, first session or second session, the more intelligent they were, the, the, harder, the harder they struggled with their problems. And that's why sometimes I would tell them, stop reading right now. Let's step into experience. And so that's why I always go and that's why I combine this, this whole process, nervous system patterns, thoughts, emotional patterns. How are we willing to receive and open up to information and how are we able to step into actions and, and decisions? And ev many people will have a different state of their nervous system patterns. And that's why customized um, uh, individualized meditation practices can help. But don't let that be a, an excuse or oh, I need to wait until I will work with somebody, or maybe I am not ready to work with somebody. Start with something now, create a ritual like brushing your teeth. And then once it's so embedded in you, then you can start plugging in these new versions of, of you know, really empowering practices that are very specific to you. So absolutely no excuses ever. Create a ritual, just like brushing your teeth. And if it's five minutes to start with, start with that. Later on, you can expand it to 10 to 15 one day. You can be 75 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of our uh, conversation the fact that uh, emotions uh, are actually information. They are giving us information, right? So they are like big feedback mechanisms. Um, and you, you talk about them being, or us actually, neglecting the language of our body. In your guide, there mm -hmm. are seven mistakes. You talk mm -hmm. about seven mistakes that we make when we start on this personal uh, transformation journey. And one of them is us neglecting the language of our body. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the fact that lots of women don't know how to understand this language that our body has. That, that's a great question. So, you know... The truth is that many of us were socialized from very early on just by being told how important our intellect is. We were told to think a lot. So we are very familiar with the world of our thinking, right? When it comes to our body, our body doesn't use words. Our body uses sensations, right? So that's why one of the best ways to learn to read our body is to literally feel the sensations. And, you know, I'm sure many people have heard the expression of body scan. Um, you literally start paying attention to different parts of your body and just start learning how does your body speak? What is the sense? What is the language of my body that is nonverbal? And the more aware we are of it, the more we become also attuned to when, you know, let's say we look at, uh, table and there's food and when we use our body as a guide our body will be able to tell 
where we are drawn to where we are not. The same thing comes back to intuition as well. Like all of these skills will be enhanced. But one of the simplest ways is to really sit down and start feeling our body. And I think we talked about it last time when we just had a friendly chat about using music. Mm -hmm. Play some music. You know, you can start with whatever music that appeals to you or maybe even play music that you, you know, don't like. And notice how your body is responding to that. Where do you feel that? Is there some fluttering in your chest? Is there, is your stomach tightening up? But again, with, like with everything in our life, everything comes down to practice. So we need to practice this skill of how is our body talking and eventually to make the most empowering decisions. And this is a lifetime journey. Like I don't think we are ever done is how do we combine that knowledge of our body, the wisdom of our body that 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 coded in millions of years of evolution and our modern brain because i think that's where our power happens right when we bring the two when we bring our gut brain and now we have again more and more scientific uh, information about the power of our gut brain how 80 percent of the information between the brain and our gut is going from the gut up to the brain only 20 percent is coming from the brain to the gut so our brain is receiving so much of it from our solar plexus area how many people who are listening today how many of you are really paying attention to the sensations in your gut area. So, you know, although we like to learn many foreign languages, I think one of the primal languages we need to relearn is the language of our human body. And the only way we can do that is to literally listening to our sensations. How do we respond when we see a person because our body will be giving us a guidance, you know, do your eyes lit up, light up, sorry. When you, when you see another person, do you feel like an opening, softening in your gut? That probably a body is telling you, this person is an energetic match. You know, you might be getting along. But what do we do often? We are thinking, how is that person, you know, dressed? What kind of brand clothing they are other wearing? You know, what kind of makeup does she have? Or whatever, what car she drove? We take so much information from the intellectual observation side and we immediately apply judgment, judgment, judgment. Now I am challenging everybody who is listening. Now you start listening to your body because all of these other labels are probably very likely irrelevant to your ability to connect and find that mutual connection, the really powerful connection with another human being. So just accept the idea, open up to the idea your body is talking every single moment, every single day, it's giving you information and your job in tiny little spurts. Again, nothing happens you know, I'm not telling anybody 18 hours a day, <laughs> you listen to your body, but to make regular breaks, you're washing dishes, you're filling up a glass of water. What do you notice in your throat? What do you notice in your chest? What sensations are there? Do you feel, I often do this a little uh, test in my workshops, whether they're live now, they're all virtual. You know, imagine someone right now, even if you were to close your eyes, imagine someone in your life who who did some kind of a backstabbing, who, who really betrayed you. Somebody could have been in high school. Just imagine that person, see them, how they looked, uh, you know, have the smell of their favorite food or just how they felt. I am pretty sure you will instantaneously start developing some sensations. Maybe your, your fist is getting tighter. Maybe you're feeling this uncomfortable sensation in your body. Your body just talked. Uh, yes, your mind was also creating that image because we need, needed it for the information to show up, but your body is immediately talking. So breathe that out. Just release that person. Let them glow, grow uh, go far away from you. And now I want you to imagine a person or an animal that you are deeply uh, connected to um, who has helped you or who you deeply loved and somebody who has mentored you. And just notice what happens in your body now. Your body knows and it responds. And now just go back and let's go back and just pull it all in the loop. Our body is constantly listening to what we are saying internally, what we believe subconsciously, the feelings that we have. And it transmits all that information to cellular level. And this is impacting us on every level, health, business, relationships, who we are being. That uh, makes a, a very interesting connection with, uh, with my next question. And my next question is all about coping mechanisms. More and more people, and this is what statistics show, are eating emotionally. They turn to food 
right away. And one of the reasons is definitely the, one, the fact that they don't want to uh, label their emotions, to sit with their emotions. It's easier for them to uh, turn to, and it, sugar is there in most of the cases, but not only sugar, sometimes it's junk food or simply food. And mm -hmm. it's more, it's definitely more than what they need. What can we do to avoid that? Yeah, but you know what? Food could be also, so coping mechanisms, and this is really such a great point that you brought up because I don't know if there's a person who doesn't have some form of a coping mechanism where the coping mechanism become, becomes a trouble when it's really um, you know, harmful to our health mm -hmm. or to our relationships. But it can be food, it can be alcohol, it can be excessive shopping, it can be video gaming, it can be sexual activities, it can be a number of behaviors. When it comes to food... You know, one of the very simplest, I guess, scientific connection would be when we're little babies, what soothes us when we are in distress? You know, in the beginning, it will be our mother's body or later on, it's a bottle. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's any kind of a food because what happens when we start chewing or when we start swallowing all of these muscles in our jaw area around our mouth, which are connected also to a powerful nerve in our body? they start creating soothing and then we feel it in our heart and that's why we connect so easily when we were breastfed, for instance, with our mother, our hearts immediately change um, their, their pattern and the baby soothe. And when that has become a way that a child got to know when it was in distress, let's say the parents were fighting or whatever else, you know, it immediately puts something in its food. That's a pattern that very often starts very, very early on. And that will be a way to soothe the pain right? In order to get to the root cause, it's never just, you know, stop eating that much, you know, or, or hate yourself for that, or, or, you know, uh, talk negatively about yourself. You need to get to the root cause of the belief that started early on of the emotions that you feel, start learning how to feel them through. So you start slowly breaking that pattern and often you will need to replace it with a new habit. When, when that thing comes, you know, maybe it will be just having one apple, which if you really need to feel that crunch in your mouth, like I can tell you when I was in university, apples were my stress release. And I would eat like a kilo of apples a day when I was studying for my exam. So luckily that is, that is a, you know, good food. Healthy food, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a healthy food. So just really get to the root cause of the mental and emotional pain because all coping mechanism is is soothing the pain that we don't know how to release any other way and when we do it through masticating and chewing and swallowing we are basically engaging a very important uh, nervous system mechanism in our body that helps us soothe but when we ingest something that is unhealthy it can be alcohol it can be any other things right i'm um, guilty of uh, the for the impulse shopping i will be honest <laughs> <laughs> that's my kryptonite so um it's, uh, it's shopping better. therapy exactly exactly <laughs> uh, i have a budget now um, so i did some some things i did some changes at least i have a, a, a limited budget and um, i also have another rule every time i buy something i give something away so that i will not uh, uh, accumulate things and uh, my uh, uh, favorite uh, item to to buy is definitely a dress so um, i'm a i'm a dress lady <laughs> i like to wear them i like to um, auction them i like to feel the fabric to wear them so yeah it's uh, it's some um, i don't know what's there uh, and why dresses are so dear to me maybe it's just impulse shopping and it's a coping mechanism and actually i'm trying to run away from well, unless you're not destroying your lifetime savings, uh, you know, and you are still enjoying the clothes and you're still doing well, it's not such a horrible thing after all. Yeah, it used to be in the past. So uh, it was worse for sure. So it's, uh, it's way better uh, these days. One uh, more question and then I will invite you to, to share with us where the audience can, uh, can find you and how they can work with you. So the last question is about information. And the fact that there is, there are so many books around us, um, so many mentors, so many experts, so many courses, and we tend to talking about habits and patterns to at least this is my case, and I see it around pretty much to over consume 
lots of information and not necessarily implementing. We always have this feeling that we don't know enough and we need another book and another course and another this and another that. What can we do and how can we stop this uh, habit? Yeah, that's an amazing question. I mean, we literally live in the world of over-information and in a great it's many ways it has many benefits like you know my parents didn't really experience any of this they learned or grandparents they had to learn the hard way there was really no self-improvement i would just really say that maybe give yourself like you know two books a month or whatever it may be like i'm not ever going to tell anybody do not read do not um you know bring more valuable information but if you're not implementing something that you have learned from the last self-help book then maybe don't reach for the next one Mm-hmm. And start because the key is the transformation is in, in is in implementing and in experience. And unless if you and again we go back to this whole intellect, when we read books, we stay stuck in our intellect and in our judgment and in our analysis and whatever else it may be. And unless we bring it home to everything inside of us, we're not changing anything. We're getting smarter mm-hmm. about the subject. We are just still dysfunctional. <laughs> and I have seen this over and over again. So. I always say, you know, I have one of these big um, phrases that I often repeat in many of my posts or whenever I talk, you are your greatest asset. If you're a business owner, imagine you have a, like a balance sheet that you have just for your own purposes and in the asset section, write your name because you are your greatest asset and how much are you willing to invest in yourself? Always invest in yourself first. There's so many people who, and I'm not saying again, you know, don't invest in very specialized business strategy coaching or whatever else it may be or invest in whatever else your business needs but unless you're willing to invest in yourself who you're being as a human being uh, your business will i believe will only grow to the degree you can grow as an individual and really release those dysfunctional patterns that we have all inevitably acquired and some of them were totally without any conscious um, you know, intention to acquire them. It was just that's how the way we're, or we have experienced some traumatic event and it just got coded in, coded in, um, and all accumulated together, created these patterns and these highways. Um, we need to change things experientially. So I always say for me, things change in the presence of a deeply trusting relationship with another human being and use your body and your intellect to figure out who that person is, who you can really create trust with and be willing to invest in yourself experientially because that's where the power is. Edita, your skin looks amazing. You look amazing. Thank you. Uh, And uh, of course, I have an extra question. It's always like that. So my last, uh, truly last question (laughs) is... What do you do so that you make sure you keep glowing? I, you know, I, I honestly, I do not go for any facials. I do not do any of those things that women typically do. Um, but I have been cooking my own um, facial products for a long time. I only use um, edible uh, products. So my skin is always swimming in oil of some form. Um, I, and I only use skin balm. So I don't use anything that is emulsifying liquids and, and fats. Um, and that's what I have been doing for like well over 20 years. Um, and I'm not saying that's the magic, that's the miracle. I honestly believe the magic and the miracle is in this deep inner work. Um, you know, I have also history of, um, you know, immigration and going through challenging experiences in life. And I really believe overcoming stress uh, on a very deep cellular level level is probably the most powerful thing we can do for our health, even for, for beauty. So I think that, you know, not using commercial products is probably a big part of it. The diet plays a big part of it. Like for the last, I don't know uh, how many years, uh, I would say probably at least 30 years, um, my family has always been on um, on natural or organic foods. We only shop typically from organic farmers because I like to support the the actual food production place as opposed to as opposed to the store. Um, you know, eating a variety of foods. But I don't do any particular. Like I don't do keto. I don't do anything. I really go towards what my body feels like. I have gone through um, you know a couple of years when I really felt I wanted to eat mostly vegetables, but 
when I smelled this delicious chicken sausage from my uh, meat farmer, I said, I'm, there's no reason for me to exclude meat because I feel my body craves it and it feels right even after I digest it. So once again, just come back to that. But it's really bathing yourselves through the way you live and think and feel um, is probably one of the biggest ones. And then if you can, use products that are really uh, skin friendly and I really believe our skin is no different from our digestive system internally. And I don't put anything on my skin that I would not eat. Mm -hmm. uh, skin is actually 70% uh, diet and uh, only 30% external factors and skincare. So um, I, uh, I, uh, I am advocating for that as well. So I'm so glad you, you shared that with us. Uh, where we can find you and if anyone is interested to work with you, where they can find more details yeah thank you so much so my website is editaatech.com and uh, currently i am the biggest chunk of my work is running free live workshops for women entrepreneurs and anybody who wants to get into that can sign up directly on my website there is a link and every six to eight weeks or so i hold a live workshop inside a private facebook group uh, that is open only for the duration of that live workshop um, people can also look at my book, Awaken Your Inner Leader, Transform Stress, Develop Emotional Mastery and Thrive. It's available on Amazon worldwide. And I will actually have a next upcoming live workshop on July 27th, 2020. So anyone, and feel free to email me, info at with any questions you have. Thank you so much for being uh, uh, on the show. And uh, I hope you will have, what time is it on your end? It's morning, right? Or it's, yes, uh, it is morning. It is morning. So have, a, have an amazing day ahead and thank you so much for being on the show. One more thing before you go. In just a few days, I am about to share with you the most revolutionary health and beauty strategies you need to look and feel a decade younger. Glow Up, 5 Days to Glowing Skin and Age Reversal is a free life masterclass for high-achieving women who want to sizzle with energy and confidence in their midlife years. In this intensive training, I will share the five-step system to revitalize your skin from the inside out, my rejuvenating secrets for radiant, toned and youthful looking skin, how to reduce and effectively erase wrinkles and blemishes no matter your skin type or your age, the three-day diet for better skin that will visibly alter the way you look in just 72 hours, and top foods that ravage your skin and speed aging and ways you can reverse the damage. If you want to get the inside out plan to glowing skin, all you need to do is to head over to keepglowing.com and grab your free spot for the masterclass. Keep glowing and I'll see you on the other side.